Welcome to Tag Talks Happy Hour with Ajit Kara. One part small talk, all parts real talk. This is the part of the day when Ajit gets to know the people behind the job titles at Tag. Hello, my name is Ajit Kara. I'm the Tag CEO for the Americas. Welcome to Ajit Kara's Happy Hour. I decided to do this happy hour because I believe, and many of my folks have heard me say this, that TAG's biggest asset is our people. And so for me, I want to do a series of podcasts that gets underneath who are the people, who are the amazing people that are part of TAG. And so that's what I'm trying to do. Today, I'm delighted to welcome Cynthia Ward. She's our Strategic Programs Director. Thank you very much for doing this, Cynthia. Thanks for having me. Welcome. Cheers. So tell me a bit more about yourself. So where are you from then, Cynthia? Where were you born and where were you brought up? I was originally born and raised in New Jersey. Oh, wow. Yeah. A local girl. I'm a local girl. I'm very proud to be a Jersey girl, but I've lived in New York City since college, so I've really been in New York longer than I ever was in New Jersey. So, But I still, especially in my family, my children were all born in New York, so they consider they, I'm the outlier. I'm the Jersey girl. Where's home for you now? Though? I mean, because you recently moved. I you? did, was that, was, that yes. new, was that in New Jersey or outside? No. no, now I live in Montauk, New York. My husband and I recently had, the, with the pandemic and the opportunity to work remotely, we sold our family home. Wow. We How got, long have you been there for? 20 years. Wow. Yeah, we were in uh, Riverdale in the Bronx. Oh, yeah, okay, lovely. Yeah, yeah, so we sold the family home. We had the children. We moved all the children out to their own apartments. We married one off. We got one married. Then we got the two daughters into apartments. And now we live in our beach house in Montauk, New York. My goodness. You know, that sounds it sounds like, Cynthia, where you organized the family structure, you got them all sorted. I am. And the beach house, that sounds amazing. It is really nice. <laughs> what attracted you to Montauk and the beach house? We've been in Montauk since, since my husband and I met 40 years ago. We've been we've been going out to Montauk. And I think what attracts me is just the, to me, it's the most beautiful place on earth. Very simply, that's what attracts me. The sky, the sun, the ocean, the people, people the peacefulness, just the whole, yeah. Oh, that's amazing. It's my spot. It's our happy place. <laughs> and it's our family place. It's, you know, if you talk to my children, it's the only beach they ever went to growing oh, wow. up. It's where we always have summers. It's really where we feel and bond as a family. So that's what really attracts me. Well, you must have been lucky to have got that during the pandemic then, the yes. place. Tell me a bit more about how you've managed pandemic, because obviously people are working remote. You seem very organized. How has it affected your life at all, apart from the, the travel? And it was a regional role where you're focusing on lots of different parts of the business. But how, how has that helped you or not? I do have that regional role now when the pandemic started I was in client feedback yeah. and that was a remote role anyway so when I started with tag I started remotely yeah. so the switch to remote working wasn't a biggest adjustment for me as it might have been for other people yeah. because I was in there anyway I think for us in the retail sector with the pandemic it was really just kind of trying to build that sense of connection without being able to do it face to face with people having to build that connection either through email or on teams and you know, I think that we've, we've worked really hard at that, and we've, I think we've been successful with it. I think that our people and our team really feel connected as a group. You put a lot of focus on well-being. The reason I was asking is like, it comes through loud and clear that mental and physical well-being is important to you and you're a family person. And I'm also astonished at how much charity work you do. Talk to me a bit more about your focus on charities because you've driven the whole sector to be very charity and generous focus. 
for myself, I think one of the best benefits we have at TAG is those volunteer days. Yeah. I really do. We had a great day in the fall where we went so to Habitat for ha Humanity and built a house. I don't know. I was always raised to be volunteer. You know, I just it was just the way I was raised. They always give back to your community. Yeah, I was going to say, there's something, where did it come from? Like, there's something. Definitely from my, fam my parents. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. My mother was always involved in things. I mean, we were always, my husband's mother on his side of the family is the same way. My mother-in-law always had a saying that if somebody asked you to do something, you don't say no. You say yes, and you just jump in. My husband was the, I was the head of the parents association at my children's schools all the time. My husband was the head of the little league in our neighborhood for 20 years. I mean, it's, and, I, and our children are the same way, because it's just the you, you, It's something I wish more people do. I, I find when I do charity stuff, some of it is selfish and some of it is amazing and humbling in that I actually feel better about myself when I do it. And so it's quite therapeutic. And then I feel guilty because I'm meant to be doing it for other people, but I actually feel that I'm doing it for myself. So it's actually a double-sided coin here and people should do more because it actually makes you feel... Absolutely makes you feel better, yeah. Right, there's no better... Like, it's a really adrenaline feeling, right? When you participate in your community and you see the, the ability to give back. It's the humbleness of it all. You know, and it comes through in like, what you do and your family structure and how you drive the team. And you look at your team as your family, I know that for sure. So tell me a bit more about one thing I'm fascinated about because you know that I'm a car person. I want to know more about your rather old truck. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so in my driveway right now, I have a SUV that is close to 20 years old. It has almost 250,000 miles on it. How do you do 250,000 miles in a car? Right? Well, you drive back and forth from Montauk, <laughs> from Montauk a lot. That's one thing. <laughs> it's, that's, that helps. And it's just, it's almost another member of our family. All the children learn to drive on that car and it's taken the the family on vacations and yeah. you know the best part when i first had it the children were young enough that it seats eight so when we went oh, wow. ever went to a basketball game or a sporting event or event with the children i was always able to take extras from the neighborhood and i'd fill up the car and you know i'm sure anybody who has children realize the best time you have with your kids is in the car because they can't escape yeah true. <laughs> yeah there's none of that and they have to so yeah so i have my suv and we're trying to get it back in shape for one last summer it's not currently operating but Oh, wow. That's going to become a classic car, by the way. And um, I know it's a member of your family, but if ever you want to sell it, I'm here. <laughs> oh, uh, I might take you up on that. I'll check the blue book. <laughs> exactly. So tell me a bit more about your background. So tell me about what was your most challenging thing that you did. Professionally, the most challenging thing I ever did was in the late 90s before nowadays to pay your bills online or to do online banking is very common. But in the late 90s, it wasn't common. So I worked for a company that did uh, printing of uh, transactional statements and bills for right. customers. And one of the mission was to take those same data streams and present them on the internet as an internet bill presentment and payment. Oh, wow. And again, that easy, was in the late 90s. Easy said, but not as easily done. Yes. Yeah. Well, not then it wasn't, no. So it was a matter of making a lot of uh, different partnerships and both software partnerships and with our clients. And we had a very like distinct goal in mind was that we were already getting these data streams. So we were already getting our customers' banking statements to print and mail. You know, so we already captured that part of the business. And then to take that and to be able to present it for them. We could, we could probably bore the audience and start talking about Zix and you know, print setup files and because mm -hmm. I, yes. I sort of come from that world and mm -hmm. I know you do yes you know, the AS400s and mm -hmm. how you would take the data feeds and mm -hmm. set it all up so I, I could probably we were the Xerox we were mostly we were mostly <laughs> we were getting Xerox data streams the, yeah. uh, the, was mm -hmm. it the 4500s and the 9700s I didn't realize that we had that much in common that we could talk about highlight that sort color. of stuff remember highlight color when <laughs> that remember? was big there was four highlight colors the 9400 was the infamous machine mm -hmm. before we've probably now turned off most of our audience but uh, 
That's interesting. And then well, you also had a very senior role in a publicly listed company. Yeah, That's yeah, quite a big yeah. responsibility. Yes, I was. I was the chief operating officer of this uh, internet business for uh, Vescom. At the time, we were a public company. We'd done an acquisition of other independent service bureaus, and we did a roll-up, right. it was called in those days. Is that one of the reasons why Lyndon and your team depend on you? Because you have such a variety of skill sets. Did that come from the fact that that's quite a big role, it's quite a, a publicly listed company, it has lots of, was that a foundational thing for you, being exposed to all of the things that happen? Absolutely. And not only just the public company, but the fact that I, I've always been in strategic positions. So I've always been able to take kind of, to be able to step away and take an operational and strategic look. Because before that I did operations. I've done operations, I've done strategy, I've done marketing, I've done business development, so. There's something about, you know, and, and it's where I come from, when you start in print, you do can flex into anything, really, can't you? It's true. It does actually help you a lot. You know, because the interest. Well, the thing about print is that it's all project management, right? Yeah. You know where you're starting, and you know where you have to end up. You're right. You have to backtrack from your delivery to the starting point. So, we, you know, we're workers in our house. We, you know, I was telling uh, Kaylee Stansfield earlier today that my father's 91 and he still works. Oh my goodness! Yeah, that's great. So, what does he do? Well, he sells tombstones. Wow, that is mm-hmm. so many full of contradictions. <laughs> That's awesome. Mm-hmm. And he's 91, and I was, my brother just got a new job. He's uh, just took a new job with PwC, and he's 63 years old, and I was kidding. Well, with our father, he's only midway in his career. Yeah. So we're workers. We, we like to, you know, we like to stay busy. I bet your father's the top salesman because he must sell a lot of tombstones. People. <laughs> <laughs> he is, actually. He started in computer sales. He was, I don't remember, the company Barrows. Yeah, I remember Barrows. Yeah, yeah, so that's how he started his career was with the well, Barrows. Well, the connection to what you did mm-hmm. as well. Yeah. And then so, printing, then he was in printing for many, many years. And when he retired, he actually went, the tombstones actually was my mother's business. He was in printing. And then when he retired from that, he went, joined my mother. That's amazing. So I know travel is important to you. You like to travel and see things. What was your favorite trip and why? My favorite trip was Israel. Israel. I'd love to go to Israel. Absolutely life-changing. It's one of the few places where you can almost see the beginnings of many different religions in the same part. Within, within 200 yards of each other, you have the temple, you have the wailing walls, you have the church of Bethlehem. Now, Israel was absolutely life-changing, just from the beauty of the country and the history of the country, from a Christian perspective, and also from historical. Was We were raised and we hear all these stories in the Bible, and then to go and actually see and feel the energy of the places where they happened, is, it does. We, we went to Jesus' tomb, you go to the stable that he was born in, you go to the Temple Mount in Israel, right outside of the wall, the old, the old city of, of Jerusalem, there's a path, it's called the path, Jesus's path, walkway, and you walk in the stones, or the, it's the same, they know he walked there, to, just to see history come alive. It's more than what you read or see, you can actually... You actually see it. One of the things that's interesting, and people probably don't know it, but most of the things that you read about in the Bible, when you actually go to Israel and see them, they've built a church over them. So the things are even like, you know, there's a church over top of everything, so which is interesting. You don't know that, um, but it's true. Um, you go there and everything's kind, and everything is much closer together than you think. It's very, you know, uh, Bethlehem is very, is really on the outskirts of Jerusalem. From a cultural level, it's very interesting 
to see how the divide in the culture, the Israel, you know, the Israels and the Palestinians, that's very interesting. When you go into Bethlehem, it, when you go into um, Bethlehem, you have to go through a Post wall. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did it affect when you came back or, you know, did it make you a firmer belief or change your perspective in any way? Or? I don't know if it changed my perspective, but it definitely deepened my... That's a good word, deepened, yeah. It definitely deepened my faith. And I didn't consider myself a doubting Thomas going into it, but to go and to listen to the stories of the Bible and to actually have been where they took place yeah. gives you a, does deepen your faith. It's definitely on my bucket list. Yeah. Interestingly, we talked about, you know, you talked about the church being built over and, you know, the history around that piece. Rather inappropriately, I love history, but one of the things I'd love to be locked away in one day is the Vatican archives. Because can you imagine the historical history that is in the Vatican archives? I, I would love to be lost there with a bottle of wine yeah. and some bread and be allowed to run loose in the Vatican archives. I would genuinely, my mind boggles at what is hidden there or what is written there or what is seen there. That would be my, you know, that's on my bucket list, but I suspect I'll, you know, I won't be, may not be able to give permission to that. That's my second favorite place would definitely be, again, it's the history, the culture, just the beginnings of our civilization is just... Well, I totally agree, and I love that place. When I was in India, I think what moved me was, and again, when I went to China as well, that you, you, know, you go to some of these ancient civilizations. And when I was on the, um, you know, in some temples in India, and they're saying that this has been a temple, and it's been a temple for 11,000 years. And you just think people have been, it's the same, it looks the same, treated the same way for 11,000 years. And then when you go to places like China, and you're on the Great Wall of China, and I walked a section of it, and I'm thinking... How did people build this? Human imagination. I remember you telling me that you swam with the sharks. Oh, we did. Was that, was, that, yeah. was that in Israel or was it somewhere no, else? No, that was in Bora Bora. Oh, Bora Bora. Yeah, 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 never doing that again. <laughs> <laughs> I was young. I was young. Then. Young and foolish. <laughs> young and foolish. We got in the water and we, the name of the tour was Swim with the Sharks. I don't know why I expected not to see sharks circling me, but yeah. In my head. All that was going through was the theme music of Jaws. Exactly. Is that the same for you? Yeah, exactly. Just like, you know, I, I got out of that water so fast. <laughs> <laughs> and I was told that these sharks almost vegetarian, like they never attack people, but you still can't help but yeah, panic a bit. No. I have the same thing with snakes. I have I, I don't like snakes either. No. You're um, an Indiana Jones. Exactly. Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'd like to think I look like him, but I clearly don't. Yeah. <laughs> the mirror. <laughs> the mirror maybe. Exactly. <laughs> So talking about if you inspire you, you're an incredibly inspiring individual yourself, but you know, who, who inspires you? I think anybody who speaks up for themselves inspires me. And I think that's inspiring when, you, when you're strong. Honestly, I think Deep Dee is very inspiring. Right now, she's one of my real inspirations. I think to see a woman in that in her role in tag, I think raises all the women in the business up. Yeah, she's. In, I hope she never listens to this because I don't want to give her any credit, but she's incredibly inspiring she and... Uh, yeah works incredibly effectively and hard and uh, is a big impact to the business. And sets example. Yeah, sets really a great does. example for other women. I think that's really important. As you know, I'm huge on you know, changing the dynamic and it's great to see people like Deep Tea and yourself making that happen. Thank you. You've been wonderful to talk Thank to. You. But me too. Enjoy. Is there any questions that you have for me? I do have a question for you. So we talk about family, and I know that you're very much a family man. And one of the things that we both have in common is we both have two daughters that are in New York and just starting out in their careers. So my question for you would be: Is what are the kind of things they ask you? I mean, what is the kind of advice that they come to for you, to you for? 
Well, it's a good question. Interestingly, advice less now, more advice, you know, telling me that I'm doing things wrong, so it kind of changes around. But I think when we do have spirited family discussions, which I guess is kind of advice, I think it's the, the thing that I'm providing them now is perspective of experience. So mine are, I think, about the same age. Mine are 28 and 26, so there's not a lot that I can do now to change who they are, and I wouldn't want to. But I think what they get from me now is when we talk about current yeah, political or economical or social issues, they come with it, appreciate a very young perspective and a very sort of, yeah, including environment, yeah, they, they come with a perspective that is just zero tolerant, yes. which I adore. Yes. Especially and in women. Especially in women, I'm by the way. I'm really admired uh, um, in women, yes. Uh, exactly. And then, so my job is to just give them the benefit of, of experience and things that I've seen in my lifetime, etc. And then that's where, that's the only thing I can do. I, I'm not sure I'm advising them on things to do anymore if it's the other way around that and 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 if I'm honest if I am improving as a person to this day it's probably because of the influence that they continue to provide me they're pushing me to become vegetarian I'm hanging in there by the way I'm not going to become but I am eating a lot less meat chicken and dairy because of them so they're pushing me in small increments to where they want me to be so reverse answer I think they're influencing me more yeah. now than I've I influenced I think them that's a good answer I know I would agree I see the same thing with my my children as well yeah they're definitely the better the better of us yeah Cynthia you have been fantastic you are not only an amazingly warm person and someone that has such variety and experience but the impact that you have to people our culture and the way that you drive things forward is clear to see so thank you yeah, so I much really for the I love I mean I really love that you talked started the people are our best <laughs> asset we have the best people we absolutely do. and you're one of them. Thank Cheers. You. Cheers. Join us soon for another episode of Tag Talks Happy Hour with Ajit Kara and learn more about the people behind the job titles at Tag.